and welcome to Watermark's podcast on Daniel. Today, three of us will be sharing. I'm Gail Durr, and with me are... Baker. Durr. Looking at Daniel 6, verses 1 through 12 today in the New Living Translation. So here we go. Getting at the first verse, uh, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces a high officer to rule over each province. Also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. And anything to criticize or condemn. Full, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in the rules of his religion. Administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. In agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors agree that the king should make a law that will strictly in, be strictly enforced, give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But then Daniel learned that the law had been signed. He... He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had, done giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. In reading through this scripture, I would like to just take a look at what happened before this chapter. Daniel, as you remember, begins with when Judah was brought into captivity by Babylon. It is thought that Daniel was somewhere around 15 years old. Into a special training for three years along with his friends. It was at that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream for the astrologers to tell him the dream and then interpret it. If not, they would be killed along with all the wise men of Babylon, which included Daniel. This time, as you remember, Daniel went to God and was then able to know the dream and share it. Well, now it is now maybe 65-ish years later, and now Persia has brought Babylon into captivity. So now there's a whole new king named Darius and a whole new kingdom involved here. So Darius had also kept Daniel as one of his top two advisors in the kingdom. I think it's remarkable that Darius took on one of Nebuchadnezzar's top men to help rule. So here's where I might want to just say from Daniel 2 verse 28, but there is a God in heaven who. To me, like this is one of those times when you say, only God could do this. Daniel is now 80-ish, 
Our God in heaven could give him the wisdom he needed to be chosen to stay on with a new king. At least, that makes sense to me. Something that was really new to me. First crisis came when he was around 15. Around 80, and he has a whole new crisis where these jealous advisors were trying to get rid of Daniel. I had an aha moment as I looked at the age. I always thought Daniel was in his 20s or 30s when he was in the lion's den. I was quite surprised to see and hear that he was an older man. And I did actually look to see what kind of <laughs> picture showed Daniel in the lion's den. I had him with white hair, and some had him as a younger person. So anyway, I thought that was Given that background, Faith, what was maybe a takeaway that you had from this portion of Scripture? Yes, I noticed uh, that Daniel, it says, was one of the top three administrators in the kingdom under King Darius. And I thought for him to rise to that level of authority, he had to have been a man of great wisdom and integrity. It's to me the necessity of living and working to the best of my ability to honor God in everything I do. It's living and working with people not of his own faith and not of his own culture. Yet he was not corrupted by their ways and their gods. He remained faithful to God's plan for his life, living in obedience without fear of being ostracized, and instead was greatly respected. In fact, verse 4 tells us that the other administrators and princes began some fault in the way Daniel was handling his affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful, honest, and always responsible. He uh, threw out the chapter of uh, the book of Daniel that he was very disciplined in his prayer life, sought direction and wisdom from God, and he always gave God the glory for the wisdom and successes that he had. His peers could find no wrong in him. Say about that, Brenda. Any thoughts? That really stood out to me, too, that despite his um, challenging environment, it seemed that he was surrounded by, um, yes, so many challenging things, different religions, um, people that were jealous of him, um, probably a very competitive environment, and yet he stayed strong in his faith and um, to the point where they couldn't find any fault with him. And that just really stood out to me. So what kind of question does that beg from us? If you think about it, like here's this person who has so much integrity, it, it makes me ask myself, what does that look like in my life? Like, would people be able to say, yes, she's a person of integrity. Um, this is what I've noticed. Because people tell them, right, oh, I have this wonderful prayer life. I'm close to God. But it's what do they see? Right. Challenging for me, too, that knew that about him. They knew about his faith. They knew um, that he prayed to God. And um, it wasn't just something that he did privately, but he was known for this. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that was challenging to me, too. It challenges you to live a life of integrity as well. But also, um, kind of more importantly, I think, is to give God the glory for the positive outcomes that you have in your life. Often it's easy just to ignore that, even though maybe you know uh, somebody might affirm you in an area and you go, yes, uh-huh. And instead of saying, it's only because of God that I could do something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's giving him the glory. 
all those different successes. Makes me think of the verses, be in the world and not of the world. Mm. And he seems to be a really good example of that. And it was challenging to me look at my own life and, and do a check-in to see if there's any ways that I have rationalized something or basically been influenced by the world around me more than by God. Those are great scriptures to add on. Um, are there any other thoughts, uh, Faith or Brenda, that you might want to add that you took from this? Faith kind of touched on, um, it did really strike me that when Daniel found out that this law had been signed, um, it would seem that his first reaction was to continue with his normal rhythm in his relationship with God, that he prayed three times a day and he continued to do that, it says, as he always did. Um, and that he gave thanks to God. He asked God for help. And um, it just really challenged me to look at, yeah, you know, if I'm in crisis or just even have a hard time, you know, I would love for this to be my reaction. Um, and it, so it was challenging to me to kind of do that check in again of, you know, is it my first reaction to go to God? And and the giving thanks part was especially challenging to me because I know there has been tough times in my life where it has been harder to give thanks to God. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, Daniel did it. And um, and I, I think uh, it is a good practice to be in, right. a good response. Quite often, since something happens major in my life, my first response is, okay, how what am I going to do? Who do I need to call? What needs to happen? Instead of that first response of, I just need to fall on my knees and go to God and talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. easy to just get in the fix it mode and I need to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it struck me too, that it seems like, imagine myself maybe rationalizing through this that, okay, there's this law that's been signed, mm-hmm. you know, my life is at stake. Maybe I'll keep praying to God, but I won't do it publicly. You know, I'll do oh, it in my sure. head. I won't do it with the windows open. Um, and it, it just strikes me that he didn't do any of that. He kept, you know, in a way that he always had and continued to, you know, not hide it. But it would seem that he was just bold and trusted in God. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. He wasn't looking for a loophole. No, he, no, he wasn't. In the whole thing. He wasn't saying, oh, there must be another way out. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Anything else? And just one thing that I didn't notice, um, and just thinking about Daniel and his life, um, how it reminded me of the life of Joseph mm-hmm. in Egypt, that although he had faced being sold into slavery, uh, being falsely accused and just forgotten and left in the prison, yet he always relied on God for uh, direction, and uh, he was very patient. So he also lived a life of integrity, which drew the attention of his superiors. And then ultimately, he rose to second place in Egypt. And also, like Daniel, he gave the glory to God. Mm -hmm. Another good Mm -hmm. example, for sure. So just in hearing everything that you've heard today, um, maybe there is a spot that you think God is trying to get your attention in a certain area. It could be maybe in your prayer times, having that consistency. I think of that. If he started doing this already at 15 and here he is 80, this was just part of his strong foundation. And this is who he was. He was a man of prayer and sought God and went to God. Maybe God is getting your attention in an area like that. Or maybe it is in this whole area of integrity. Or maybe it's living in the world, but not being of the world and what that looks like. 
And so maybe it's asking questions like, what kind of an example am I in the world? Do others know that I'm going to go to God for my answers? And do I thank God? I mean, there's so many different areas that maybe God is speaking to you today. So let's just close in prayer and seek God and where, what, he, what he might be trying to say to us. Dear Lord God, we come to you and we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Daniel and just all what we have learned, just about his faithfulness and his love for you and his trust in you and the pattern of his life, a predictable pattern that he would be going to you every day. So I pray for each one of us, Lord, that we would seek you and that you would speak within our hearts of what it is that you would have us learn today. We love you and we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today and have a great day.